Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. Can you believe we are officially in April already and a fourth of the year has flown by? It is amazing how quickly time can pass us by, which is always a great reminder that we have to redeem the time we are given. For today, we are back in our study of Ruth and in the second chapter today. Both women are settled into their home. No doubt this is the one that Elimelech chose to leave behind during the famine and Naomi has now returned to live there. I suspect that it was probably not the cleanest or well-kept home in the neighborhood as they have been gone for 10 years, but it provided them with a place of rest. But once they were all moved in, survival mode set in as they needed to provide for themselves, which is not an easy task for single women living in Bible times. God, however, did provide a law that would take care of these women. As it was the start of the harvest season, the landowners were required to leave the corners of the field for those who were strangers and widows who needed to gather food. They were also permitted to glean after the workers picking up whatever was overlooked. I love how God provides for every need of his people but he does expect them to work for it. The leftovers were not collected in a bin for them to come by and pick up. They actually had to work for this, which is a great side lesson. God provides, and sometimes he does it in miraculous ways, but often he expects us to put forth an effort as well. Ruth, aware of this law, immediately tells her mother-in-law that she will go to the fields and glean. After all, she met both requirements of the law. She was a stranger and a widow. This is another wonderful character trait of Ruth. She was not afraid of work and willing to shoulder the responsibility of taking care of herself and Naomi. I want you to think for a moment that here was a woman willing to go out into a town where she was not popular or well-received being a Moabitess and walk around looking for a field she would be allowed to glean. She didn't know anyone and had to walk up to men that she didn't know so she could support herself and her mother-in-law. This speaks courage to me as I think about how scary it must have been for her. But the great love she had for Naomi overcame any fear or anxiety she may have had. Something else to note is the first verse of the chapter is not about Ruth, but it introduces Boaz and shares the family connection. He was related to Elimelech and he was wealthy. This is an important verse because when Ruth goes searching for a field to glean, it just so happens to belong to him. Verse 3 tells us, And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. The word hap means accident or chance. God is already at work setting the stage for a beautiful beginning of a wonderful story preparing to unfold before us. Boaz makes his appearance, greeting his workers with a blessing which they returned. From the very first moment you were introduced to him, you realize he is a kind, wonderful man who loves and honors the Lord. He is kind to his workers and caring for those in need. He quickly notices Ruth in the field. Perhaps she still wore clothing that resembled Moab or her features were different from the traditional Jewish women. Whatever the reason, she caught his eye and he asked his foreman who this woman was. Of course, if you are the ever romantic person like myself, you might be inclined to read between the lines and think that he was smitten by her the first time he saw her and he just he just had to know more and be introduced. But this is pure speculation, though it doesn't hurt to see it through those pink glasses. I love the servant's response in verse six. It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. If she is a Moabitish damsel, 
chances are pretty high that she is also from Moab. But of course, he may also have been emphasizing Naomi's return to Israel. So I'll give him that one. But the foreman can't help but sing her praises to Boaz as he continues in verse 7. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. He speaks highly of her work ethic. She is not afraid of hard work and can't be found resting every 20 minutes or wasting time talking to people. Not that that's a waste of time, but she was focused on the goal. She was focused on her task and that impressed this man so much that he had to tell Boaz, even though he really didn't ask. I also love Ruth's approach. She was by law entitled to glean in the field, but she didn't demand her rights. Instead, she asked if she would be permitted to glean. So often we make demands because we know our rights, but we should be women of grace and character who never push their way forward, even if it is our right. From the very beginning, Ruth carried herself well and behaved wisely, which would leave the town with nothing bad to say about her. What an incredible woman. It is no wonder that Boaz found himself going out of his way to take care of her. His first words reveal he admires her greatly. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. That's Ruth 2 verses 8 and 9. Think about all that was packed into these words and what it was like for someone like Ruth to hear them from the owner of the field, not to mention one of the wealthier men. He tells her there is no need for her to go anywhere else. All of her needs will be taken care of if she stays in his field. He has told her that no one will bother her, a protection from perhaps those that would be quick to correct a mistake or point out her nationality. If she's thirsty, she can avail herself of the water drawn by the men. Think how this correlates to our own life. Hasn't God offered us the same thing? Those who are his children dwell under his protection. We are in his field, you could say that, with no need to wander anywhere else. Here we have all we could ever need for living on earth. His love and grace pour over us, covering us in a blanket of protection. This is a wonderful reminder to us to remain in the field of our loving Lord, who has taken great care to see that every need is provided for and we lack nothing, just like Psalms 23 tells us. For Boaz, he was not just offering Ruth provision, but a shield, a covering from the cares of this world and maybe even the words of others. Sometimes people need more than just a kind word of acceptance. They need to know that we will protect them from others, that we have their backs. This is what Boaz did. He offered Ruth more than a way to provide for herself and Naomi. He offered her a gift of friendship. He saw her as a person worthy of respect. Ruth is utterly overwhelmed by his act of kindness and generosity as we read her response in verse 10. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? It's almost too much for her to take in and may give a little insight into how she views herself. It is as if she says, Why would you even notice me or talk to someone like me, a Moabite, a stranger in your land? She knows what people think about her may have even heard the harsh words spoken by the people of the town or the women of the field. 
the master of the field has not just acknowledged her, but has gone a step farther in making her feel welcome and safe. It is so stunning that she has to know why he would go to all that trouble for someone like her. We find out some of the reasons, at least in verses 11 and 12. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. His words indicate that he has found out more about her story. Maybe the foreman shared more with him that is not recorded for us, or he did some quick inquiries around the field, especially with the women, since they probably knew most of the story. Boaz says it has been fully shown to him. He learned all about how she left Moab, left everything, including her family, to come back with Naomi, her mother-in-law, and travel to a country she didn't know as well as dwell among people that were strange to her. He is absolutely impressed by her determination and dedication. You can see how her past stigma of being a Moabite is outweighed by her current testimony. Boaz also speaks words of blessing to her, words that must have melted her heart. He asked the Lord to recompense, to repay her for her work. And I don't think he just meant her gleaning, but for the load she had taken on to care for her little family of two. He asked that the Lord give her a full reward. Why? because she has chosen to trust him and remain under his wings. These truly are sweet and precious words that few are given, and they were spoken by a wealthy Jew to a poor foreign girl from Moab. In some ways, you can feel that Cinderella moment where the handsome and rich prince speaks to the poor peasant. Okay, we don't necessarily know that Boaz was handsome, but it was words that were spoken not out of pity, but respect and utter admiration. Ruth had made an impression on Boaz, one that he wasn't going to forget anytime soon, and he had impressed her with his words of kindness and protection. Listen to her reply in verse 13. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. He comforted her. You can almost hear what she didn't say. Thank you, Boaz, for speaking to me as a friend would speak to another, to an equal. You see me for me, not as a Moabite, but as a person longing to know more about God, the God I have chosen to pursue with my whole heart. Could it be that he was one of the first to speak kindly to her? Had she already heard the harsh whispers of judgment and condemnation? Yes, she was permitted to stay, but there is a difference between tolerance and acceptance. She was still processing everything that had happened to her. Remember, she had lost her husband and her country. Yes, she did choose to come to this land, but that doesn't mean it was easy for her. She still loved her family, her old home, the familiarity of her village. Everything was different for her here. And when the people viewed her as trash or second rate because of who she was without even trying to get to know her, that didn't help at all. Boaz may have been the first person to speak without Ruth having to brace for impact. This is a critical lesson for us to learn when we speak. Is it kindness, love, grace, and compassion that comes out? Are we quick to judge others based on appearance or what we may know about their background? Do we say things without thinking of the consequences? Or do we look for opportunities? to say encouraging words, compliment someone, wish them well, offer them hope? If not, we should. Our voice was not given to us as a tool to cut others down and make them feel insignificant. 
often they already have done that themselves. We should use our voice to speak words of healing and blessing like Boaz. We may never know just how much it can mean to someone. Suddenly, life doesn't look so stormy and the burdens become lighter, all because someone cared, really cared about you. Oh, my friends, let's be instruments of grace and mercy and love to those in need, ever pointing them to the Savior, whether they are lost and need to receive his gift of love or those who are his children in need of a reminder of his great love. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are called to be his light to others, just like Boaz was to Ruth. And Boaz seems to be on a roll and he just he just can't stop himself from doing more. In verse 14, we read, And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, Come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn and she did eat and was sufficed and left. If you tend to be like me, you might be tempted to consider this is a first date of course it, it really wasn't but Boaz did make sure that she had enough to eat she took what she needed and then went straight back to work as soon as she leaves Boaz enacts operation go the extra mile for Ruth by commanding his men in verses 15 to 16 and when she was risen up to glean Boaz commanded his young men saying let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not Notice this was not optional. They were to let her glean wherever she wants. Don't bother telling her no because the boss had given his express permission. At this point in the story, it gets pretty hard to deny that he doesn't at least have a hint of affection for her, especially when he goes on to tell his workers to drop a little extra in front of her. You have to wonder if some of the men, not to mention the other gleaners who didn't get this special treatment, thought the boss was falling in love since this was out of the ordinary even for generous Boaz. I can't help but smile as Ruth is completely oblivious to what is happening around her. She merely stays focused on the task ahead, unaware of the kind things Boaz is doing for her. You know, it makes me think of how many times God shows his love to me without me even knowing it. He loves me with an everlasting love and as his child, he makes sure that all my needs are met along with a few extras sometimes. His goodness truly has no end. Now let's go ahead and read the remaining verses of Ruth, which are 17 to 22. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that which she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest, and dwelt with her mother-in-law. 
Ruth finishes for the day and heads home, showing all that she had gleaned. And this is the part where you find out that she had even saved a portion of her meal for Naomi, such a sweet, selfless daughter-in-law. Even when she was working, her thoughts were of her mother-in-law back at home. To say that Naomi was impressed was an understatement. Perhaps as one who is from the country, she knows that what Ruth brought home was not the average quota from the day. It's almost possible to hear Naomi say, where have you been all day? Whose field did you go to where they were so generous with portions? Bless whoever it is. When Ruth reveals his name is Boaz, she gets excited since she knows the family connection. And after Ruth tells her how he said she should stay in his fields, you can hear the wheels start to turn in Naomi's brain of how she can secure a marriage between these two. She tells her to bide her time and do exactly as Boaz told her, which is what Ruth does through the next two harvests, which gives Naomi plenty of time to concoct a plan to catch a husband, a new son-in-law, if you will, but... That is for next time. And so that's it for today, my friends. Stay encouraged and let's seek to be a blessing to someone today. Maybe you can text or even write a handwritten note to someone and tell them how much you appreciate them and that you are asking God to bless them. May we live each day looking for ways to reflect the goodness of our God to those around us. Mm -hmm.